Hi, and welcome to Waste of Takes, episode 114, which is the fire emergency number in good old Vietnam. Uh, I'm Trey, joined as always by Tucker, Dylan, and Cameron. How are we, gentlemen? Yo, yo. I just can't wait till we reach episode 2319. What is that? We got a 2319. Oh, uh, it's a long way off. I think we might be dead by then. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Big week of news. Wasn't really a big week of news. We had a couple minor things, but over the past 48 hours, news has exploded as we move closer to free agency in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, we'll just start off with some winners and losers. Uh, Rodgers, of course, staying in Green Bay. We'll touch on it more. But, Dylan, you had it all the way. Staying in Green Bay, solid. Um, so yep. that's a winner for you. Uh, for me, the Denver trade involved a couple first-round picks. So we're getting closer to that number now. I think we said eight. There were eight that had moved this or no. I don't know how many we said. But anyways, we're closer. We're closer to that. Uh, we're closer to that goal that I said of 25. Um, and it turns out the salary cap doesn't exist, which is an L for, for me who were saying, oh, the, uh, Bucks are going to have salary cap trouble. They're not going to be able to keep Godwin. Been saying that for six months. Wrong. Um, yeah. So anybody else got winners and losers before we go to the point? Uh, I'm a loser with my, uh, Rogers to the Bucks take. Uh, yeah, that's a lo- Any Rogers anywhere takes wrong. I was killing the Roger takes all year. Yeah, you're like tapped in with him. I don't know what it is. Oh, um, uh, Cam, someone brought yep. up that uh, my father Alexa, was stop. back to episode 107, and when I had the wasted take about um, Watson to the Steelers, you were hard against uh-huh. me. Really? Loser Cam. Well, I, I am known for pretzel braining on this show, so I believe it. I don't even have to go back and listen. But yeah, my only my only one I have was Dylan. Um, to be more specific, he said that Aaron Rodgers won't leave because he because he's scared to follow up the legacies that preceded. Um, and I think the Broncos and Steelers were like the top choices. And maybe it was because he was scared. We'll get more into it. Well, in terms of our points, we have Cam finally getting on the board, winning ways to take of the week. Uh, Tucker got the least votes. Just throw that in there. I know we don't really do punishments anymore, but... Uh, we'll get back into it. The record stands at me with six, Dylan with three, Cam and Tucker tied with one. Um, so much like last season, battle between me and Dylan with Tucker and Cam just kind of taking up the uh, the rear. Um, Dylan, would you like to lead off ways to takes tonight? Um, I would not. Um, Cam, would you like to lead off Waste of Takes tonight? I can, but as far as I know... Listen, guys, my dinner is in the oven. It's time to take it out. I, 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 I gotta get up, so somebody's gotta okay, go. I'll, I'll do mine. I'm pretty sure it relates to Tucker's. But right. We'll do mine, talk about it a little bit, and then he can go at the end of us four. Right. So, um, my take is related to the news that happened today. Um, didn't have a take coming in today, so glad this happened. But the Russell Wilson trade, which we will definitely discuss in more detail, uh, was Russell Wilson and a fourth rounder for Drew Locke, a defensive tackle, Will Font, two first rounders, two second rounders, and a fifth. And in my personal opinion, 
I think the Seahawks win this all the way. Uh, and that's not my take, but I think they win this 100% just because the Seahawks team as a whole, while Russell was still playing pretty well, he wasn't the same Russ that we, we've seen. Um, and now they're just getting a bunch of picks, and Noah Font's a great talent. Um, and I think they win this trade. The second part of this is because Russ Wilson is going into a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr, as much as you think that the Raiders are the worst team in that division, he's the best, worst quarterback in the division, if that makes sense. He's the worst, best so, quarterback. Right. So, no, he's the best, worst quarterback, not the worst, best. Whatever you want to call it. Um, you get what I'm saying? Uh, I think I think the Seahawks win this trade, and because of the the division aspect and the fact that the Seahawks can kind of get their stuff together, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Seahawks finished with a better record than the Broncos this year. I'm going to need a um, repeat of the past 10 seconds when I was talking to me. Well, you are um, a Drew Locke fan, so I think this is where it's coming from. You are a Drew Locke fan boy from the start. Um, I'm going to keep as little as I can about this take because I my take is very similar. So I'm just going to say I partially agree with you. Um, okay, so on the first part of the take, it's tough because you're getting a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? And the Denver, they've got good receivers. They've got a good defense. They're not that far off from contending. In fact, now with this move, I think they are a legitimate contender in the AFC, which I hate. So it, uh, you're, you're going to have to see how these first-round picks pan out, how they address quarterback in Seattle moving forward. Um, but right now, I say the immediate winner is the Broncos because the Broncos went from, what did they have, six wins last year to a contender, I think, now. In terms of the Seahawks finishing with a better record, absolutely not. Drew Locke is not the guy. He's proven that. And it sounds like it's a bit of a fire sale over there. There's rumors about Lockett being moved now. Um, they weren't impressive last year. I doubt they get any better without their Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. So I seriously doubt that they will be playing better than the Broncos next year. So I'm going to disagree there. The first one I'm going to disagree, but in, in lesser fashion. So I, you have to consider that Drew Lock isn't just the automatic starter. I'm not saying Geno Smith will be, because that's a downgrade in my opinion. But I think they're either going – I don't think they'll trade for a QB. I think they'll see Lock out just because they traded for him. I mean, it's got to mean something. Um, but I, I do think that they're drafting a quarterback within the first two rounds, and they're going to compete. And I don't know. I mean – the Broncos are in a tough division. Seahawks are in a tough division. Do I 100% believe in my take? Maybe. <laughs> um, but it's a good one. Seahawks, I think Seahawks down the line, I think Russ is, is able to play for a long time. But they gave up a lot 
they're they're doing what the Rams did kind of with a worse roster around him. I don't think the Broncos are Super Bowl contenders even with Russ. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll see. Dylan. Um. So I'm sorry. So uh, all I got was that uh, the Seahawks won the trade, but that wasn't a take. What came after that? The, the the take is that the Seahawks will finish with a better record than the Broncos. Um, I think it honestly... Have, okay, go ahead. Keep in mind I have the Seahawks left. In the playoffs, and I don't think the big Broncos make it. Correct. So I think this is close. Um, I think that the, the division that the Broncos are in, it hurts them more than the Seahawks' division. Um... I don't know if the addition of Drew Locke is going to make that team probably worse, but how much worse to make a difference. Um, but they're definitely going to be better than they were last year because they're going to get players back. Um, as for the Broncos, anytime you have big changes to veteran players, um, I think it can go either way. Um, they've done it before in Denver, though getting a, a well-established QB and Payne Manning. Even Teddy Bridgewater has been around a while. Um, I think the Seahawks will have a better record than the Broncos, yes. I think it's more of a division thing, though, than anything else. All right. Well, I'll jump right into my take. Before this was a busy week, I was thinking about possible takes and started thinking about you know the MVP races and you know, the, the NBA and the one we just had in the NFL. I got me thinking about baseball MVPs. If the NBA was to end right now and there were two separate MVP awards, it would probably be Embiid and then either Booker or like Morant in the West. The only league that does the two MVP things anymore, I don't know about the NHL, actually. I think they just have one, right? Just one. Yeah, the the NFL has one, the NBA has one, the NHL has one. It is time for baseball to have one MVP. The reason they have two is because the leagues used to be very, very different. The leagues used to not play each other. But all that's changing. The DH is coming into the NL. The There are interleague series all throughout the year now. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that baseball will eliminate having two uh, MVP and I guess you can say Cy Young awards and consolidate them to one for the league. That's the take. I kind of like this. Um you, met, you touched on it, and my biggest thing when you brought it up was the fact that they're getting rid of the um, – they're getting rid – they're making DHs in the National League, or they're – Yes, they're correct. making – they're bringing DH to the National League. Right. Okay, so that, that change in and of itself is one of the last changes, I think, from the old rules that make both American and National League pretty much the same. And – while I kind of like that they have an American National League uh, winner, just because 
there are times where it's so close and it feels like there should be two. I, I kind of agree with you as well. Um, I think now that it's pretty much even on both sides, just make one. Whoever's the best player is the best player. But I agree. Dell? Now I'm going to disagree. Um, I think this brings more... Um, separating it out gives it the more aura of like um, two different leagues, which I think is still a good image. Um, you know, you have interleague play. That's still a thing because um, teams don't really play too much, too many National League teams. Um, kind of like the same way with football, how divisions play, um, you know, their own division more than they play anybody else. Baseball is the same way. I think it's, um, I think it adds more uh, engagement around the league to have two different um, things. And also remember that there's so many baseball players. Like it's not just uh, like basketball where five guys are playing and their bench is only seven people deep or whatever it is. Um, baseball, you got a 40 man roster. So there's so many more players. Football, um, you have a 53-man roster and there's 22 positions. Yeah, but only like three players on each team where you can come close to remotely being considered like potential MVP candidates at the beginning of the season. So um, I I like to keep, I like it to keep it split. That being said, if they were to uh, bring it down to just one. With everything that's going on with baseball right now and changing the DH rule, they need to, if the, if the MLB is going to stay alive, they need to make all the changes and they need to make all the changes at once. They can't start like, like throwing like little changes here each year. They got to do all the changes at once. Like change the awards, change the DH rule, change the playoff rule, change the number of games, change the interleague, change the divisions. I don't care. Do it all at once. Change the whole thing because um, people are just going to keep continuing to be fed up over and over and over again when they start making little changes, um, you know, incrementally each season. I think you just got to do it all at once, rip the Band-Aid off, let all the naysayers go away and probably come back in three years. Um, let me throw this out. What has baseball's biggest problem been in terms of reaching an audience? It's been marketing their star players. Nobody gives a crap about Mike Trout. Nobody cares about him. Maybe if you have one MVP instead of two, and then two great pitching MVPs, you consolidate it to one ward, maybe you can market that player easy, more, more easily. But the, that, the thing is, is I know, I know with today's age, there's so much... Uh, information being spread obviously, like at our fingertips so easily now, right? But I don't know much about the National League MVP, to be honest. I never see him play. I mean, I see highlights, but I don't actually watch him play. At least when, like, um, the Sox play the Angels, I watch Mike Trout play. Um, you know what I mean? So I, I think I think there's benefit to keeping it separate because then you get more engagement. Like, you know, you... you People who watch the games know the player on each division or each uh, league. Tucker? Um, yeah, no, I'm fully on one MVP. I think it's ridiculous, especially now that they've changed, like, 
there used to be some differences between the leagues. Like one league had a DH, one league didn't. So like there was maybe a reason. Like two different leagues. Now they're like, oh nope, we're going universal DH, which I hate. Uh, but basically, you're making the two leagues identical. Like interleague play doesn't really mean anything anymore because at least like back in the old days, it was like, oh, it's an AL or. All right, uh, bit of a problem. We lost about 40 minutes of recording. Um, we went deep into the episode, covered all our topics, got all our wasted takes off our chest, and my audacity crashed, and we lost everything but the first 16 minutes. So we are going to go rapid fire right now because we don't want to be up till midnight doing this. So my wasted take was one MVP. Uh, Dylan, what was your wasted take? Uh, Jeremy Swayman winning Rookie of the Year. In the NHL. Um, Tucker, what was your waste to take? So muted. Still muted. The Broncos trade was a Nets-esque mess up, and they're screwed for the, for the foreseeable future. Um, so we won't really give our reaction on those. Um, we disagreed. I disagreed with Tucker. I agreed with Dylan. Cam, who did you agree and disagree with? Didn't have much of a take on uh, Dylan. Just said that the Panthers are doing really well, so that's good for me. And then Jeremy Swayman, number two <laughs> in goals against the average, number four in the league. These are in the league. Save percentage. The man is an animal. Give him rookie of the year. Bet him. Lock it in. Right. Uh, as far as talkers, I said it's not the same as the Nets trade because those are two old guys that they thought had promise, but they didn't. Russell's not that old. Um, but I still agree that the Broncos won the trade, or the Seahawks won the trade. Uh, Tucker, what did you think of Dylan's take? Um, I, it's hockey. I thought that was about it. Honestly, this uh, uh, recap from Tucker and Cam was about the same as it was before we lost everything. So <laughs> we're, we're pretty then, much good. What was my take on? Oh, and I agreed with Trey. Yeah, you were in the middle of agreeing with me when we cut out. Um, and Dylan, what did you think of Tucker's take? Um, yeah, so this was about uh, the Broncos. I think it was more um, a question of what happens uh, for the Broncos now. Do they go all in like the Rams did, did and you know get more weapons to round out their team? Or do they just... Uh, and I think if they only take this one um, trade with Wilson, then they're going to be a dud. And then I think the Seahawks won the trade. Okay, uh, that covers wasted takes. Then we went over the Wilson trade. I think it's a good trade for both parties. I think the Broncos are closer to winning a Super Bowl and are a few pieces away uh, right now from being a contender to make it to the Super Bowl. And I think the Seahawks got a good group of picks. Um, they're going to keep blowing up the team. They just let go of Bobby Rag Wagner and, uh, they'll reevaluate and come back in a few years and we'll see how it pans out. If they use those picks correctly, uh, it'll be a win for them. If they don't, it'll be a win for Denver. Cam, they real, real quick on the rod on the Wilson trade. No, I pretty much said everything I need to say. Dylan. What am I recapping? 
the Wilson trade. Just any general thoughts on it that you want to get? No, I think I think I already covered everything. Um, I think the Seahawks are still gonna have a better record though next year. And Tucker, you basically said what you want to say, right? Yep. Um, Rogers goes back to the Packers. Was our next topic that we covered. Um, basically, what I said was I'm not surprised. Uh, I don't remember what I said on the show. I think I said he was going to leave. Um, it did feel different this time, but um, I'm not surprised at all. I think he's a baby. I think he wants all the attention. It's obvious that he that he wasn't ever really serious about leaving when he said I was that he was thinking about retirement. But he came back for four years, um, which is a long ass time. And uh, yeah, I'm not surprised he's a baby. I'm sick of him. I hope that he retires soon so we don't have to talk about him anymore. Uh, and I think it's a good move for the Packers because you still get, you know, a supreme talent at quarterback. Cam? Yeah, I wasn't too surprised either. Um, I was surprised about the four years just because he is like 37 or at least will be about the start of the season. Um, they immediately signed Vontae Adams or tagged Vontae Adams right after that, uh, which didn't surprise me either. But they're definitely going all in. They don't really have a future outside of him. So... I mean, um, good for them. He can win. He's won a Super Bowl, but recently he hasn't been great. They're just putting all the trust in. Dylan? Um, I think that this is what I, I mean, this is what I thought was going to happen from the beginning. Um, I think uh, if the Packers want <laughs> to um, really go all in, I think they need 100% commitment from Rodgers whether it's, you know, one year or four years um, with this contract. Um, that said, we talked about before we cut out that um, if they want to 100, 100% commit to Rodgers, they need to make him 100% happy. And that might be that they have to reevaluate their head coaching position. Um, and the in general, I think the uh, ownership of the team needs to be 100% behind Rodgers, let him decide who he wants on the field, essentially, and who he wants coaching the team. In order to get that commitment for these next four years, if you're really trying to win, because we've seen for I don't know how many years that Rodgers, you know, he plays great on the field, but there's always that lingering, um, like, kind of dishonesty or... Um, lack of trust with him and either the coaching staff or the ownership. So if they can make that cohesion nice and pretty, then I think they can be a championship caliber team because right now they're only good in the regular season and terrible in the playoffs. Um, to which everybody agreed half of what I said. Tucker. Um, I said that I'm surprised and not shocked since I had a take directly going against this. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just Rogers. He wants to be the center of attention at all times is basically my thoughts on it. Um, Cam, we're not going to skip this. Uh, so when, when I realized we cut out, we were talking about franchise tags. Godwin gets tagged. Devontae Adams gets tagged. JC Jackson does not get tagged. All I said was, I think salary cap is a lie. Everyone said these teams were in salary cap trouble. Turns out they're not. Rodgers gets his big deal. Adams gets money. So that wasn't exi- that doesn't exist. The Bucks are apparently in big cap trouble. Godwin gets his deal. So uh, that was a lie as well. 
And it just makes me frustrated that teams like the Patriots say they can't put talent around quarterbacks because of the cap, because that's clearly not true, and it frustrates me. Uh, Cam? Yeah, I was saying that. I, I wasn't really surprised by any of the tags, um, but th- there's really not that many options out there anymore for wide receivers. It looks mm-hmm. like Mark Cooper's going to be gone, um, so he'll be out there. And then Allen Robinson is coming off a terrible year which was probably just because of Justin Fields and the scheme, whatever. Uh, other than that, I think it's like Juju and really nobody else. So uh, the tags didn't surprise me, but it did take a lot of people off the board. Dylan? Tucker? Yeah, um... Yeah, I just don't understand salary guys. I'm not going to pretend to pre- understand it. Um, letting go of J.C. Jackson sucks, but it's very Patriot-esque, and I expect it. And it's what's made the Patriots the Patriots over the years is not putting the huge money into guys that, you know, you never know what will happen next season. Next season, whoever signs him for the huge deal could say, oh, shit, I wish I didn't do that. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know more than anyone. Uh, I like J.C. Jackson. I think he's a good player, but I don't know that he's going to be uh, like Hall of Fame-level player that deserves this huge money. I mean, look at, yeah, Stephon Gilmore is a great example of a guy that wanted to lead the Patriots who wouldn't pay him the big contract, and now he's like, you know, I, I don't think he was outstanding in the last year, so... I'm not too upset about it. Uh, can can uh, someone, for me and the fans, but mostly me, explain the franchise tag? So when you are franchise tag, the team, every team has one franchise tag every season. They can use it on a player with an aspiring contract. That player will play for the average contract of all the players at that position, I think. Or it's the top players. I don't know. But I think it's the average of all the players in that position. Um, they'll get tagged and play for that um, for one year. So it's a big deal. It's a huge moneymaker for the player, but they can't go into free agency. Is it, it's, it's just one year. Is yep. it a salary cap hit? Yep. Oh, that's kind of gambling, huh, wouldn't you think? But I guess you kind of know what it is when it's signed. Um, yeah. So they can do it for one year, and then the next year they choose somebody else. If they they can do the same person multiple years in a row. If they want, huh. but a lot of players get no tag clauses in their contracts when they sign them, so they don't get stuck playing for money cheaper than what they could be making long term guaranteed money. So, so they, so the player can't deny it. Can't deny it. Nope. Team, team has the huh. rights. Yep. Um. All right. Now we're all caught up. So sorry about that. Not much we can do. We don't want to be recording all night. Um. So we're just gonna move on. So let's cover this quickly. Calvin Ridley busted. For um, Calvin Ridley busted for gambling when he took his time off. He bet about $1,500, he says, on parlays. And, um, yeah, so my thoughts on it, it's obviously wrong. There shouldn't You shouldn't bet on the league you're in. It hurts the integrity of the game. But at the end of the day, he should not be getting a year. He should be getting something like four games. It should be, okay, he wasn't an active player. He wasn't influencing the outcome. He didn't have any insider information outside of the Falcons. He knows just as much as we do about what, you know, other teams are going to do. 
Um, so he has no inside information like that. Um, he wasn't playing and he didn't gamble his entire contract on it. He bet a little bit of money. He should be getting four games to just, as the league, remind people, do not do this. And if you do this as an active player, you will get at least a year or a lifetime ban, more likely. Um, I just think it's a little heavy-handed for a player who um, really didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. Like, yes, he shouldn't have done it. It should not be allowed. I'm not saying late gambling for players legal. Um, but he wasn't playing, and he didn't know. He didn't have any insider information. If anything, the, the, the bookie should be mad at him and not take his bets if he did have insider information that the Falcons were going to suck this week. That's, that's not you know, on him. Uh, Cam, your thoughts on it? Yeah, he's just being used on, as an example. Um, but what really makes me angry is what other players in the league have done and gotten a lot less time. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't bring that up. That's a great point. Yeah, Josh Gordon has gotten millions of tries. And granted, it was it was drugs, but, you know. And then there's Ray Rice, Tyree Hill, and multiple others. But they only get like a few game suspension. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I get they're trying to make an example out of it, but at the end of the day, it was only fifteen hundred dollars betting. He never, you know, had insider information like you said, Trey. Uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he's getting a full season, and I think he, I don't think it'll work out, but. If his lawyers think that he has some sort of case, it should try to sue. Um, Aaron Hernandez never never suspended for murder. So I'll throw that in there too. Uh, Dylan, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I don't think it's okay to be gambling on your games simply if there's insider gambling going on. Um, that said. They have evidence that he was gambling, so I'm presuming they have evidence of what games he was gambling on. If that's the case, you can clearly, um, you know, see if he was gambling on games that his team was. He did. Oh, they, 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 they do have. They, they do have evidence of that, by the way, Dill. So if that if that is the case, then I think that's much worse of a of an offense than if he was just betting on like, uh, you know, whatever two random teams that aren't his team. Um, with him not being uh, on the roster for those games, makes it even less of an offense, in my opinion, and. Um, the amount of money, too, I think, has to be accounted for. Um, in terms of maybe publicity, like, he might get a year, which is kind of ridiculous, but the league's trying to show um, that they don't stand for this. But as, you know, an owner trying to sign a player, I don't think they're going to bat an eye over this after a year. They're going to be like, this was stupid. You bet $1,500 while you were injured. Like, what are you thinking? But it's not so much of a, um, like, this guy has a chronic problem and is <laughs> jeopardizing the team um, if we sign him on. Bet 1500 He bet 1500 and lost $11 because he forfeited his salary. 
True. He wasn't um, True. he wasn't injured, by the way, Joe. This is the one case I have. Oh, uh, my not, bad. Not, not in his defense is that he left the league because of mental health, which I I completely understand if if you you know got problems, take care of it. Wait, was he was he still on contract? Yeah, no, he's with the team. He yeah, just took yeah, a year yeah. off because he was having yeah, mental health issues. I can't play anymore because of mental health. I get it. You know, do what you got to do. But then you go and <laughs> start betting on sports while you're on a mental health break. I don't, you know, I can't get behind that. Yeah, that's not a great look. It makes be, me think he honest. just didn't want to play for the Falcons anymore. <laughs> uh, Tucker, you're a big gambler. What do you think? Yeah, no, I have no remorse for Calvin Ridley. Like, you know there's, like, the big no-go. I mean, literally, uh, better than anything else. NFL, and, <laughs> like, I completely am with the NFL and the punishment due to the fact that, like, if they gave him, like, a two-game suspension, then gambling in the NFL would have started happening. If people were like, oh, well, I can get away with this. And worst-case scenario, I missed two games. Like, you need to come down hard on him. You need to do all this. He's an idiot for deciding to do this. And he bet on his team, which, like, okay, you didn't bet against yourself, but you cl- you definitely had insider information. He's an idiot. And it's his own fault for all of this. Like, I don't feel bad. I Like, everyone that's like, oh, they got to spend this long for this, this long for this, but he gets a full year. Yeah, he gets a full year. Like, this is such a preventable thing. They got, that they got to, he made an uh, act to do something that, like, is super against the rules. And the NFL has to come down, like, yeah. with the full force on it. Or it'll just become commonplace. It's an absolutely reasonable response by the NFL. And Calvary had the dumbest response ever. Yeah, that's true. Tweet it's out, Twitter. I bet 1,500 total, like, all the gambling problems. Like, no one's saying you have a gambling problem. That wasn't the problem. Was that you're an, you have an addiction? The problem is you gambled on the sport that you play in and the league that you play in. Like they yeah. have to. Come. I mean, if, if he should have just bet on something else, if you're going to bet. But football um, is the most fun to bet on. Well, bet on college football. No, right. that's so the, boring. The other thing that I was going to bring up, which was almost my wasted take, but I went with Swayman because I, I like the bees. Um, I think the USFL, which will happen, despite Trey, um, <laughs> Trey's take, um, let's allow the players to bet on games. That's a horrible idea. And then, <laughs> let, but no, 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 this is how it goes. It's it's specifically tied to their salary. So um, if they bet on games, it is publicly known. The players know. The teams know. The fans know how much you bet on your on the game. Um, you can only bet on your game. Uh, no, that's not true. You can bet on any game outside of the game that you're playing. Like you can't bet on the opposing team to win on your game. You can bet on some other game or yourself. It's known by you and everybody else, so that. If you win, your profits for that week go up, or you lose your salary. You don't have to bet if you don't want to, but you can if you want to. That would be electric. I would follow that so hard. Um. All right, let's move on. March Madness, NCAA. First thing. Nobody, nobody's going to respond to that. That seems like a great idea. <laughs> I think it's a horrible I think idea. 
terrible. Um, so NCAA March, March Madness. Uh, first thing, Coach K's last game. People lined up weeks in advance to get tickets. Um, and then they lost. Uh, I did not watch it. I just know that they lost. And he gave a speech after that was pretty funny uh, he, where he apologized for losing. Um, Tucker, you're a Duke hater. Uh, what do you think? Beautiful. I mean, I could have asked for nothing better than him to lose his last game at his home court against UNC, just going out like the bitch he is. Um, yeah, and he was the one, He, you know, he's even why he's been, like, he made the whole season about him, and then he's like, oh, it's not about me when they lose. Surprise, surprise. Um, he's like, it's about these guys over here. Yeah, yeah, it would have been all about you if you guys won, but because you lost, it's all about the team. It's just an absolute joke. Go out with a shred of integrity. You don't need a retirement tour for being a coach. Jesus Christ. Like, it's college basketball. It's supposed to be all about the players, and you're still, woe is me. If Bill Belichick had a retirement tour, I'd be livid. Uh, Cam? Yeah, I watched the end of this game. Um, I still have Duke winning the, winning the ship. Uh, I like UNC and Duke, which is a rare thing. Um, but I think uh, they're still they're still a good team. They got they got a lot of top players. Blanchero is a stud. Um, they just didn't play well all day. Dylan, you got anything on it? Uh, Duke University. Duke um, University. I I mean I like Coach K. I mean he's getting old. Um, I would put myself as a Duke fan, I think, but I'm not that huge of a basketball guy. Um, I just enjoy good basketball, um, which is hard to come by these days. But college college basketball's uh, good, especially whenever it's Duke-UNC. I think it would have been nice for the legacy for him to go out on a win, but it's also kind of funny for him to lose uh, against UNC on his last game, regular season game, so... It is what it is. They got the playoffs to look forward to. March Madness. I think a lot of people have taken Duke. So Coach K is, you know, going to bring out all the stops this year, I think. Uh, but he's not going to be upset. I think by the outcome, he's had a tremendous career. Nobody's had a better career. Um, you know, really? go down as the best college uh, basketball coach of all time. So cheers to the great one. Yeah, no. Uh, Duke's still going to be in it. Uh, all right. This was a segment requested by Cam. Pick a sleeper team for the NCAA tournament. Um, I'll start with mine. I don't and even know the bracket. Like I've told you a million times, I don't either, Dylan, but I Googled it. And um, like I've told you a million times, don't know one gosh darn thing about the tournament. But um, I was looking at some sleepers, potential sleepers, and I was looking at one one team that has had a, a string of great performances over the past uh, three or so years. Um, it's a football school. Um, they had, they won a national championship. They've had some of their players go on to compete in Super Bowls. Um, it's just oh, LSU. Yeah. It's LSU. They are, um, they've had a string of good luck these past couple of years. I don't see why it can't continue. All they really need is a healthy Xavier Pinson. Um, apparently I, I know exactly what I read the same article. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they're very good with him. Um, he's nearing a full return 
Um, so they're a projected six seed. And uh, yeah, I picked this team on, on the list of sleepers that I looked at just because they have had a string of really good press and really good luck. And I think luck's on their side. So I'm going LSU. Uh, Cam. Yeah, I mean, I have not been watching college basketball, like I've said. Um, so I've done a little tiny bit of research. And a team that sticks out to me that I like, Davidson. Um, the A-10 is always a competitor in the tournament. And Steph Curry went to Davidson. They made a little run. I think they're going to they're gonna make some noise. They're projected 11 seed right now. Um, I like them. Don't know who's on the team. I haven't watched a single game. But Davidson. Parker. Um, sorry, I've lost the article that I got my information from. But my sleeper team, I am going with another football school trick. Believe it or not. Roll Tide. Someone would say the best football school. Roll damn Tide. Roll damn Tide, baby. I am going with Alabama as my sleeper for March Madness. This team has a good season this year. I was reading some stuff about them. Inconsistent. They look good. They just beat Arkansas, who's a really good team. Um, they play, I mean, a good bracket. They beat Baylor this year. They they beat really good teams this year, which makes me believe they can beat everyone. I mean, they're 1-1 one one against Baylor, and the loss they had, they lost by four. So I think they can compete with anyone in the country. And, oh, they also beat Gonzaga this year. So, yeah, they can beat anyone. So, yeah, I got them as my number one. Um, Dill. Um, I'm going for a team that's definitely on nobody's radar. I'm going for the Quackers, the Ducks, Oregon Ducks. Um, got nothing to say about them. All I know is they're plus 10,000, uh, which is tremendous odds. Um, and nobody does it better than a few Quackers, all right? Um, they got weird uniforms. Um, so go Ducks. Alrighty, uh, that's all we got for segments. Let's move on to list guys. List guys. Now, obviously, our uh, big movie last week was Batman. Three of us saw it. Um, so we got Batman on the brain. We are going straight into comic book villains. Not just Batman villains, but comic book villains. Can be DC or Marvel. Uh, could be anything. Um, but those are the only two comic companies that I know that make superhero comics. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Who wants to lead it off at number five? I can go. Go ahead. All right. My number five is a little bit of recency bias um, just because of the movie that we watched this week. But I'm going with The Riddler. Um, now, yes, it's recency bias, but also it's a character that I, I did know. So um, going to Six Flags when you're walking through the line and for the Batman ride. Uh, they always have like the villains and like a description of like what they did and stuff. And I always remember seeing the Riddler. Um, I know Jim Carrey played him back in the day. Uh, and then he did a really good job in this movie too. So I'm going Riddler number five. All right. My number five is going to be Poison Ivy. Um, I think Poison Ivy is a super interesting villain because she is that seductress. You know, she's her whole thing is she kills you with a kiss. She can control nature. 
Um, I just think it's an interesting, the femme fatale uh, trope is interesting for a character. So she can, uh, you know, she can, she can trick you with her, her, you know, her looks and her sex appeal. Turns out she's deadly. So I'm going Poison Ivy number five. Uh, who's next? Uh, I'll go with my number five, which is Killmonger. A little different than anyone else's list. I imagine he's not on it. I think he's an awesome villain just because, like, you kind of, like, understand where he's coming from. Like, his ide- ideology, you kind of see he's just super badass. Michael B. Jordan is just, I don't know, I love Michael B. Jordan. He's just, like, the coolest guy. And then, like, his full background where he believes he's the hero, like, and you would, too. Like, this person kills your father. Like, they hid you from, like, the whole world that you felt that you were entitled to. You're supposed to be this prince, and you were demoted into just, like, an orphan. And then you come back and just fuck shit up. And I love that about, like, I love that about him. Like, and then his whole death scene where you, where they, like, tried to basically rehabilitate him. He's like, I'd rather die. Just kill me. And he does. Like, it, he's just a very authentic super villain, like, villain. Just cool. No superhero powers, just ex-soldier turned bad. So yeah, I love him. Uh, Dale, number five. Number five for me, I'm also going Batman. I'm going the Penguin, though. Um, Penguin doesn't show up all the time, but it's definitely a super villain in the uh, Batman universe. Um, He's always dressed to the nine, got a nice top hat, usually smoking a stove. He's like that office guy that's a, also a super villain. He's also just straight up badass. Usually gets beat up pretty quick, though, so kind of a loser. That's why I put him at five. Oswald oh, Cobblepot. He's got a great alias, too. Oswald, Co- Oswald Cobblepot. Great name. Uh, Cam number four. Number four, I'm going to Spider-Man villains. We go to Doc Ock, Doctor Octopus. A lot of people say the second Spider-Man movie is the best of the original trilogy. I disagree, but I still think that he's a very good villain. Um, I'm sure you guys have been on the Spider-Man ride at Ellen's Adventure. He's in that. He's the main character of the. uh, Wow, can't remember the name. Um, something six, the sinister six. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's iconic. Um, and then in the newest Spider-Man with, uh, Tom Holland, he's also in that one and plays a pivotal role. So going Doc Ock number four. All right. My number four is going to be the Riddler. Um, this is also recency bias. I'd say he jumped into my number four because of this latest movie. To me, the Riddler was always kind of a joke. And that's because I've gotten most of my Batman knowledge through the Arkham games, where his whole thing is just leaving a bunch of riddles and trophies around. Very fun part of the game, solving all his riddles. Um, but he was never really too much of a threat. The last game, he was a bit of a bigger threat, and there was he had more of a storyline, which made me like him more. Um, I think he was really kind of a joke just because of the way Jim Carrey played him, and that's how I kind of knew him. But this latest movie is, I think, the perfect version of the Riddler. I a, a um, Zodiac Killer-esque guy who's doing going out and committing these crimes but leaving clues to toy with the police and toy with Batman. Um, also, the the thing that I love about the Riddler is that when Batman ever, you know, challenges his intellect because Batman's a pretty smart guy, 
Um, it pisses him off to no end. He thinks he's so much smarter than Batman, but Batman proves time and time again that he's not, and it pisses him off. I think it's an interesting part of his character. So I'm going Riddler 4. Uh, Tuck? I also have the Riddler at 4. Um, I actually fell in love with this character like a year ago when I watched Gotham, which I highly recommend. It's kind of the Riddler origin story. Really cool. Like, it has basically almost all of those origin stories in there, but uh, it's just a really... I think he's such a cool character. Just, you know, it's so intellectual-based. It's not like a superhero or anything like that. Just a crazy person that also happens to, like, love these riddles. It's just... It's more entertaining just because you're trying to figure out, like, what he means by each one. So, uh, yeah, I love this film. Yep. Um, I think, uh, number, this is tough because, um, I think of this character as a villain because I grew up with him, but after, in the most recent, uh, movies, he's kind of not so much of a villain, but I'm going to go Venom, Venom as a villain, um, number four for me, uh, the, uh, Spider-Man movie, I think it's the second one, right? Third. Um, is it the third one? Third one, yeah. It's the right. third, and he has his own movie. I, I know. I've seen the I've seen the old one. That's what I mean because it kind of turns into like a part of that the character. Um, so I don't know. There's something about like a, a creature that's always kind of lurking that kind of goes, um, you know, kind of like uh, uh, is a parasite of whoever is you know, he latches on to, I think is kind of a cool element to the, to the villain. Um, turns, uh, the person that he, you know, is, a is, uh, a parasite in, I guess, um, into like a different being, different person of themselves. I think it's kind of cool. Um, always interesting. Uh, so, and he can morph into whatever really. So I'm a huge fan of Venom, Venom four. Uh, Cam, number three. Number three, I'm going with Thanos. Um, didn't know who Thanos was before I started watching the Avengers movies, but he is pretty much the ultimate villain of the Avengers and the Marvel Universe, it seems, just because he's kind of the only movie, well, not the only movie, I guess, but he's, he's kind of trying to control the entire galaxy. Um, and he almost succeeds, kind of, I guess you could say, but I loved, I loved him as a villain. I think that he, I don't really know how, how to describe Thanos. I think he's just like a normal guy, kind of, he's just got some really weird thoughts on how societies work, and, um... I don't know. He played an integral role, obviously, <laughs> in the Avengers movies, and he's a beast. Number three. Uh, my number three is the only character not from DC on uh, this list. It is Marvel. It's going to be Spider-Man. It's going to be Doc Ock. Um, Doc Ock is Spider-Man's arch nemesis, as I think a lot of people get confused because he wasn't the first villain in the movies. But he is um, ultimately the... Um, biggest baddie in uh, Spider-Man's universe. I think Alfred Molina playing him in both those movies was awesome. He did a great job. 
Um, like Cam said, he's big in that ride. And the new Spider-Man video game, uh, he was big. He was a big deal. Um, I don't know. I just something about the mechanical arms kind of controlling him thing. Uh, I like um, Spider-Man's my second favorite superhero. So I figured I had to put his arch nemesis on my list. So I'm going Doc Ock number three. Uh, Number three, I have Thanos as well as Cam. Um, just a super cool villain. Like, you know, you got the multiple movies with him in it, which was cool with him winning in the first one. Uh, again, like, villains that don't believe they're evil, I just find way more interesting. Villains that think they're fighting, like, this guy thought he was fighting for a better world, which I found super interesting about his character. Just you know, he sacrificed everything to get, like, to this place where he believed was, like, a better world for everyone. Uh, it's based off, of, like, his past. So, super cool villain. Got him at three. Yep. Uh, number three for me, I'm going Riddler. Another guy um, who's often portrayed with a top hat. Uh, yeah, top hat's just an evil villain trait, apparently. Uh, watch out for the Monopoly guy. Um, so, Riddler is fun because of obviously his character element is that of logic and trying to outsmart people but like Trey said he often gets very upset when people uh, outwit him uh, which is kind of funny um, I think it's a subtle villain right because he's not too involved I know I haven't seen the, this new Batman movie sounds like he's a big part um, I guess we'll get into that next segment but um, always is there in the background causing fits with the Batman um, so uh, it's like his agenda is always second tier to the main story it seems but he's always relevant um, so I don't know he's a villain that's like never been uh, you know beaten he's always just kind of I mean he's beaten in his little past but he's never been like face, face to face like uh, um, head on I guess so it's like there's a um, some sort of mystery behind him. Uh, there's question mark in his is in in his uh, aura, I guess. So that's kind of part of it. So Riddler number three for me, just because I want to see some sort of um, final kind of duel with the Riddler. That'd be kind of cool to see. Cam two. Dylan, you should watch the new Batman. Um, number two. I'm going with the Green Goblin. Trey, you said Doc Ock is the uh, ultimate villain. I get that based on canon, but just based on my childhood, the first ever Spider-Man, and the fact that Willem Dafoe is just the scariest person ever. If he walked up to me, I would be so scared. Do you know he's very well endowed? Um. And then the video game that I played when I was younger, Spider-Man 1, on the original Xbox, uh, he was the ultimate, ultimate foe. So, I, I don't know. I just It's a nostalgic thing for me that he, when I think Spider-Man, villain, it's Green Goblin all the way. All right, my number two is going to be the aptly named Two-Face. Um, Two-Face, to me, uh, he's a super compelling character. The duality of his, you know, kind of what he is. He's um, one side of him. He's you know, a lawyer and it's all about justice and, and the kind of a hero character. And the other side, it's just pure chaos and evil. Um, I like the fallen hero arc, as I've made pretty clear in some of my list guys like last week's in Star Wars. Um, 
but you know he was the savior of the city he was the next da he was going to lock up all the crime he put away a lot of people um in certain versions and uh then he becomes you know a villain and um loved him in the dark night um wished he could have been around more he's only in the movie for about like 30 30 minutes but he causes all sorts of havoc when he is love him in the batman arkham games uh Tommy Lee Jones plays him. He plays a really weird version of him. But the story is always the same with him. It's Harvey Dent, the DA who fall, who is, a, you know, hit by acid or fire or something and loses his mind and goes insane. Um, so to, and the way he, you know, chooses whether his victims live or die with a coin flip. I think that's pretty, pretty badass. So I'm going to face number two. Tuck. Uh, number two, I have Loki. I don't think he's going to make anyone else's list. I love the God of Mischief. Um, he's just one of those characters just so unpredictable to the point where he can't even predict himself, I don't think. Like, he just switches from hero to villain. You don't really know what he is. You don't know his intents. He's a good guy in some scenes. He's a bad guy in others. Uh, you know, even when you think, like, he finally heard, that's the moment that'll turn on you. It's just such a cool villain, and like up to the point that he died in that game, where he pledges his allegiance to Thanos only to try to kill him. Like, he is, but also ruined the day because he had the Infinity Stone. It was like, you know, it's just going back and forth and back and forth, and you never really know what side he's on. Dylan, two. Uh, number two for me, I'm going Marvel, I'm going. Doc Ock. Um, like Trey said, when I think of, I mean, I guess like when Cam says, I think of Green Goblin as uh, a villain for Spider-Man for sure. But there's something about Doc Ock that I think is more just like traditional Spider-Man. Um, and there's something about, I guess both characters have a Green Goblin Doc Ock about like uh, fighting against your good um, in face of a controlling bad. Um, but in the sense of Doc Ock, he's kind of over, he's like taken over by the machine. He's like too smart for the machine that he built and it took over his brain type of a, um, idea going on there. Uh, I think it's very interesting with the, um, with machine being brought into the, the element there of, of a super villain. So, um, I would like to see, some sort of Doc Ock reincarnation with some other, um, like, you know, uh, some arms being, like, implemented onto some, somebody else or something would be kind of cool to see the villain, like, kind of reimagined. Um, I think that would be a, a cool concept. So uh, Doc Ock is just, to me, like, my introduction to a supervillain outside of my number one. So that's why I have to put him at number two. All right, I have a feeling we're going to have a consensus number one. If, if not, you can go into it more in detail. But if you've got the consensus one, we can probably go pretty brief. Cam, number one. Yeah, I got the consensus. Also, Dylan, have you seen the newest Spider-Man? Yeah. Okay, I didn't think you had, but... With, never yeah, I saw it in the theaters. With Doc, okay. yeah. I went um, with you. He's all confused. He doesn't know there. where he is. He thought he was going to die, but then he wasn't. Consensus number one, uh, Joker easy um heath ledger just destroyed that character uh in a good way um obviously everyone knows about the joker he's the main villain in batman 
uh, watched maybe the cartoons a couple times when I was younger, but then watching The Dark Knight, it was like, wow, this guy has no powers. He just wants chaos. Um, so yeah, he, he's the ultimate, ultimate Marvel, DC, whatever villain. Um, the Joker movie itself, I hated it. I think it's probably because I just had the notion of Heath Ledger being the Joker. And even though it was trying to tell the, like, the, the four story, I, I still hate it. I didn't enjoy any of it. Uh, but Joker, definitely. No. Uh, yep, my number one's going to be Joker for a lot of reasons Cam mentioned. Uh, most compelling thing about him to me is he has no plan. It is literally just chaos. He just wants chaos and death. He doesn't want to rule the world. He doesn't want to rule Gotham. He just wants to cause as much destruction as possible. He just wants to push Batman's buttons. He wants to make Batman turn. He wants Batman to kill him to prove that he's just like everybody else. He's not this shining beacon of hope. Um, one thing I find super compelling about the character is he has no confirmed back backstory. Yes, the Joker movie covered that version of his backstory, but I mean, there's a million versions of hypothetical backstory where he fell into Vatican chemicals to where he was the person that killed Bruce Wayne's parents. Um, just think he's super compelling, uh, kind of the, my favorite thing about Batman villains is it's all sort of based around madness, right? It's about like people that have lost their minds, criminally insane people, like the main jail is Arkham Asylum, not a prison, it's an asylum, um, for, for, you know, crazy people. So I think he's the ultimate crazy person. I did like the Joker movie. Um, I don't really view it as anything canon. I just kind of view it as an interesting look at the possibility of a, the character, um, so yeah, I, I, Joker's my number one easy best villain there is, uh, love him in the Batman games, voiced by Luke Skywalker in those games, and, uh, and Mark Hamill's the ultimate Joker to me, his Joker voice is, he did in the cartoons and in the games, he is, uh, excellent, so, Joker's my number one. Tucker? Uh, did you say Mark Hamill's the ultimate Joker to me? Yeah. I mean, Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger played him amazing in the movies, but the the Joker voice to me is Mark Hamill. Oh, I'm so against. I, I like when I think when I think Joker, I think Heath Ledger through and through. He's why he's my number one. Like there is far like it's one of the greatest performances of all time I, hundred, I, like I agree 100 percent. i'm just saying he mark hamill played him in so much more media that to me he's the joker that's all yeah I, I i don't know i just i would never yeah i mean he's just not my joker i don't really watch the cartoons and all that so i'm i'm a heath ledger guy through and through but yeah joker's number one i'll give you an explanation i think it's because He's the more cartoony comic book version. Um, Joker, Leather, Ledger's Joker is just straight up a scary, like he's just scary. Whereas um, the the comic and the game version is more based on like, you know, telling jokes and, and making crimes out of jokes and, and finding everything funny and stuff like that. Whereas Ledger's just a scary guy who's ins clearly insane. Um, not so much a, a joking type character, I'd say. He has his gags here and there, but it's not like his entire character. That's just my reasoning. I understand why. He, I mean, he, it was the best performance in a superhero movie ever, so I'm not taking anything away from him. Dill, number one. Yeah, obviously Joker for me as well. Um, I think of the Joker more as a persona as opposed to a certain character, and you see it play out in all the actors who have portrayed him. Um, obviously, Hamill, I think. Like Trey said, 
he has been in the most media. Um, and the the quintessential Joker laugh is, is Hamill's laugh, um, which is, you know, iconic. Uh, Ledger's Joker is on the on the more um, kind of sinister, kind of uh, mentally insane <laughs> kind of a character. There's not so much uh, logic where, um, you know, Hamill's like a uh, cartoon character and, and comic book character, I guess, and, and the video game character as well. I like the video game character probably more even than than uh, Ledger's, which is kind of crazy. That I, I agree. No, I agree. Um, but even the Joker movie is, I, I like the character in that as well. It's it's the only supervillain that has, um, like, I don't know, you, you obviously know that a person is playing the character, but you kind of have this feeling of, um, like, playing this character can like change a person which is kind of scary to think about and that's my biggest reason why I put him at number one because he's you know literally insane and it seems to um, you know have this sort of uh, like aura around him that affects even like the other actors and actresses that are around the movie even um, so it's just a it's a wild character um, super super villain They're, like the other ones on all of our lists probably don't even compare it's probably like joker and then like a whole bunch of nothing and then the, our number twos so joker is obviously the number one and anybody who says otherwise is probably more insane than joker is <laughs> all right Sp- staying on batman let's review the batman we, uh three of us saw- went and saw it in theaters tucker you will go last it was your movie um I loved it. I loved it. Um, I've always said Batman needs to be a darker, grayer story. This, to me, felt like the closest thing to the comics out of any of the Batman movies made. Yes, I love the Nolan trilogy, some of my favorite movies ever made. But it's more action-based than detective-based. I love the detective angle they went on it. Um, I thought the story was pretty good. The twist was pretty good. Um, I thought the acting was great. I was you know, not really excited about Pattinson being Batman, but I think he did an excellent job. The only critique I really have is he didn't play Bruce Wayne how I would envision Bruce Wayne to be played. If I was playing the character, I would make Bruce Wayne closer to Bale's Bruce Wayne, who's like a cocky billionaire. Because Bruce, if you know about Batman, Bruce Wayne is his real mask. Like he is actually Batman. His soul is Batman. But he puts on the mask of Bruce Wayne to convince everyone that, you know, he's not Batman. It's the perfect secret identity. It's my favorite secret identity. I didn't love how his Bruce Wayne was kind of mopey, just like Batman. Um... But other than that, I loved it. Um, thought it was beautiful, beautifully shot. Loved the soundtrack. Um, I really enjoyed Catwoman, which I didn't expect to, but I really did enjoy her. Um, yeah, I liked the villains. I liked the Penguin. He was he was pretty cool how they used him. Um, and they set up a great universe that I really hope they continue the movies. I think there's a plan to. There's nothing concrete in place, but uh, I really enjoyed it. My favorite Batman movie in a long time, probably since The Dark Knight. I think I like it more than Dark Knight Rises. Um, but I can't say it's better than the trilogy because there's only one of them. So I still rank the Nolan trilogy as the best group of Batman movies, but this one, these could, these have a lot of potential to, to pass it if they continue. And, uh, just to bring up the video games one more time, I saw a lot of similarities in the video games in this movie, which, uh, I really like. And I think it's because they both took reference from the same comics. 
Um, so I'm going to go with a high score here. I'm going to go with a 9-1 for the Batman. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Cam? Yeah, I agree on pretty much everything I said. Um, I love this movie. I didn't love Pattinson going in, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He did, I mean, he did the best that they kind of made Bruce Wayne to be, if that makes sense. Um, didn't love the haircut. Didn't love that he wasn't like buff, like Christian Bale character. Um, but overall, I just thought that the thought that went into the movie, like the Riddler is a tough villain to have a plot around and just to have all of those sequences uh, mapped out was like really well done. Um, and then the Penguin, I actually thought the Penguin was going to be a bigger factor. I think if this is going to be a trilogy, he'll come in a little bit later and they kind of hinted at that later. Um, Catwoman, like you said, I think Zoe Kravitz was better than Anne Hathaway, better than Halle Berry. She did an awesome job. The The plot line that Carmine was her dad was was interesting. Um, the way they incorporated him with uh, Bruce Wayne's dad. We're just going spoilers. Uh, yeah, well, um, I, I, I thought that it was really well done. Um, I loved it. The, the music was awesome. The seat in theaters was definitely the way to go. I saw it in IMAX, which was nuts. Like did, you, did you notice that the... I don't know if this has always been a thing, but I just noticed it. The Batman theme song sounds very similar to the Imperial March. Yes, I saw a TikTok about that. Really? Yeah. Uh, TikTok. But I noticed that during the movie, and I, I didn't really like it that much, but like, Anyway, uh, it was it was tremendous. I'm gonna go with a score similar to yours, Trey. I'm going eight nine. Tucker, your movie, your score. All right, um, this movie was incredible. I like that they took a different kind of approach than the Nolan trilogy. It felt more like a detective esque kind of thing than a superhero esque type of movie, which I found super cool. Um, you know. It didn't feel like he was a world beater that could just take on any fight. I mean, he was getting his ass kicked a few times. I don't know how he survived how the amount of times he got shot. Uh, like a shotgun to the stomach, and he was just fine 10 seconds later. But, um, but yeah, I love this movie through and through. I mean, there was a bunch of cool things. They brought in a bunch of villains, all with like integral roles, but, all, but not overwhelming. Like with Carmen... Carmine Falcone, the Penguin, the Riddler, getting the little Joker at the end. Um, kind of got all these different guys in it without it being too much all in one. The Riddler was awesome. I thought it was the perfect villain. And it, I again, like I said earlier, the way that it was he was played was very cool. Uh, not as like just the jokester kind of guy, but kind of more of a Zodiac Killer-esque kind of dude. Yeah, so I got a really high score as well. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna split the middle nine point All right, that leaves us the final score of a solid nine. Um, that'll be tough to beat. Um, that's our show. Wait, uh, my movie. I'm gonna go with a Disney movie that I haven't seen in a long time. 
there was a new ride when I was down at Disney World based on this movie. Made me start thinking about it. Opened up Disney Plus the other day. It was right on my home screen. Uh, we're watching Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Haven't seen it too many times. Want a little, want a little update on it. Um, so we're going Ratatouille this week. Um, all right, that's our show. Wait to take. Sorry about the cutout. We did what we could. We ended up recording for about two hours. We only got an hour and eleven minutes of the show, but um, we love you, so we've stayed and recorded. All right, check us out on our socials. Thanks for getting wasted with us, and we will see you next week.